0: Hey guys, David Reeves here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Hope you enjoy. And remember, you can catch a new episode every Wednesday at noon central on all your streaming devices. Most of these podcasts have visuals, so if you want to see the entire video, check them out at creationsuperstore.com. They're available on DVD or digital download. All right, let's get to it. Hello, I'm David Reeves, host of Wonders Without Number. In each episode we talk about breaking discoveries in science, which reveal that our Creator, the God of the Bible, has left a pattern of his fingerprints throughout the universe. Check out our other resources at davidreeves.com. Sign up for email updates to have encouraging nuggets sent straight to your inbox. Subscribe to our free monthly magazine and like us on Facebook for daily inspiration and education regarding science and the Bible. Let's talk about creation, evolution, and honesty today on Wonders Without Number. Welcome to Wonders Without Number. I'm David Reeves and today we want to inform and inspire you regarding the wonders that we find literally all around us. An infinite number of wonders that all point us directly to our Creator, Jesus Christ. You know, God's fingerprint can be found everywhere we look, from the farthest galaxy in the cosmos to the microscopic world of genetics and DNA. We're seeing these patterns all around us. And ultimately, all scientific fields are drawing us closer to an understanding that the universe shows design features, not accidental chance. Well, that includes you and me. You are not star stuff. You are not an accident, just the mere product of time and chance. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of a loving Creator. We want to give you the tools that you need to defend your Christian faith, and we're going to kick it off right now with today's Heavens Declare as we look at Roman baths in Great Britain. I'm standing at one of Britain's most famous attractions. Over a million people come each year to explore this ancient Roman temple and learn about the culture, the religion, and the people of their time. But what is a Roman temple doing in Britain? Well, you see, in about 43 AD, what's now Britain was invaded by the Romans. After they arrived and began to take over new territory, they discovered something really relaxing. Hot mineral springs. Now within a few decades, a city and a temple had, how do I say it, sprung up around these natural springs. These mineral springs are known today as the hot springs at Bath UK. For the Romans, they were brand new, but people loved them right away. You see, the water comes up from the ground at a piping 113 degrees Fahrenheit, or about 45 degrees centigrade perfect for a spa. Now, Romans would also worship the goddess Sole Minerva at this temple. So for 400 years, this incredible complex was visited by Romans from all over Britain. And it's easy to see why. It was a technological marvel, and because they piped the heat through various rooms, it created these wonderfully heated spaces. Of course, they used lead pipes, and they also lined the bathing pools with lead. So it probably wouldn't pass inspection today. Now, once the Romans withdrew from Britain, this beautiful complex fell into disrepair and it was eventually destroyed by flooding. The interest in bath was revived in the 17th century when doctors began prescribing this mineral water to their patients. But it wasn't until about 1878 that the city's surveyor architect would discover these ancient remains of the Roman baths. Now as I'm standing here with a view of the building that houses an ancient Roman temple, I'm reminded that this culture, their religion, and their goddess have come and they've gone. But our God, the God of the Bible, he stands forever. I'm David Reeves. Truly, the heavens declare the glory of God. Our testimonial today comes from Michael who writes, I really enjoyed David's pamphlet on 21 Bible verses backed by science. As a person who has a deep faith, it is wonderful to have such informative resources available in our efforts to witness. I think the biggest problem solved by DRM is that biblical answers are readily available in a small, attractive-looking pamphlet that's easy to carry and reference anywhere. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Michael's referring to 21 verses backed by science. Uh, Deepen your faith. This is a little booklet that I wrote a number of years ago. It's very simple. The biblical answers are all right here. But uh, we attempt to explore several verses scattered throughout Scripture and point back to their scientific accuracy and also point back to the gospel message itself. So thank you for that, Michael. Now let's meet my guest. Paul Taylor is director of Strong Tower Ministries. Originally from the UK, Paul does an excellent job analyzing Darwin's life and legacy. Now he's the author of the book Where Birds Eat Horses and he's led hundreds of tours to Mount St. Helens, studying the impact and the environmental regrowth that took place after its eruption in 1980.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much indeed for having me today. Yes sir.
0: You know, when we talk about Intellectual honesty. Many times creationists are accused of being dishonest, of only using a select uh, segment of facts that point back to their Christian worldview. Uh,
1: Have you found that to be the case? It's a frequent refrain, isn't it, Uh, that uh, often gets. You know, you creationists are telling lies. Well, you creationists are lying about scientists. Scientists have given us all this uh, proof uh, of how the world came about. And you creationists are uh, are lying about it, doing it dishonestly. One of the best ones that I heard was uh, uh, somebody who uh, wrote me and said, um, well, you creationists only talk about the subject for the money. Because, as you know, you know, speaking about creation and telling people that evolution is untrue has made us most, both millionaires. Um, you know, as I when I stopped, parked my uh, gold-plated Harley-Davidson outside, you know, before I came in, you know, it was uh, all out of the funds of lying about evolution. Absolutely, we're lining (laughs) our pockets with other people's, yeah. I can tell, you see the serious point is this is not the subject that we would have picked if we were trying to uh, (laughs) uh, make a lot of money out of the lecture circuit. That is not what we would have done because, you know, it's going against the grain. So it's clearly just a laughable nonsense, which is why we're poking fun at it. Absolutely. But, you know, this. I've thought about this a lot because. Because it's come up such a lot. Uh, creationists being accused of being liars. Mm-hmm. And what's come up is what's our response going to be to that? And yeah. uh, my response has changed over the years. Okay. You know, it used to be that I would give people a number of facts which are there the facts are there to show people no i'm telling the truth but i quickly found that although i had the facts and the facts were irrefutable Mm -hmm. the facts of course were irrelevant as far as our accusers were concerned they weren't actually interested in the facts in fact if you answered one particular thing that they said was a lie as soon as you'd come to the end of that answer Mm -hmm they would throw out another one yep. because they weren't actually interested in the answer. So I realized that there needed to be a different strategy. I-
0: interesting in that they start, and I've gotten the same thing yep. many, many times, they start with an ad hominem attack. Yes. Because they're not actually combating anything that you've said, Is simply, oh, you creationists are all a bunch of liars, out, yes. to, uh, out to fool people, right? Yes. And then when you present them with facts, they, yeah. you say, well, why do you say that? Then they come out with one little specific. If you answer that specific, yes. they come out with another specific.
1: Yes, uh, and, and they, there are a number of specifics that are pretty well known, and we can answer them. There are answers for them. Um, again, in the early days of the internet, when there used to be these uh, web forums, which you don't get these days, Facebook <laughs> has sort of destroyed all those, but when the early days these web forums, I remember foolishly answering one critic who had put down a large number of alleged contradictions Mm -hmm. in the Bible. Now, this is one that comes up, you know, the Bible is full of contradictions, so he he had put down uh, about 20 uh, altogether. I spent hours, yes. I was up late, mm-hmm. I answered every single one of them. Mm-hmm. It took me a long while. I was working on it for hours and hours, but I, said, I thought, I want to be fair about this, I want to answer every one. And I did. I, I prepared them all and I copied them into the, uh, into the form on the website and put them there as an answer. Yeah. Within less than five minutes, uh. in which w- he could not have had, even had the time to read my answers, he came back with a further set of accusations. So in that case, I did what I should have done in the first place, which is I took a phrase that he'd put in one of his questions, Mm -hmm. typed it in, uh, copied it into a search engine, and discovered that he hadn't even typed those things. He had copied Mm -hmm. and pasted them from the website because he was not interested in either the accusations or the answers. Right. He simply wanted to, it's it's what's known as elephant hurling, isn't it? You throw so many things out, and a lot of people don't have the answers back. So I have developed a rather different strategy now. Okay. You see, how about this accusation that as creationists we make a lot of money? It's Mm -hmm. a laughable one. Yeah. Let's say it were true. Suppose it was true. And suppose it was true that evolution is true Mm -hmm. and that creationism is a lie. Mm -hmm. So I am telling you that evolution is untrue when I know it is true and by so doing, I'm selling millions of copies of my books and making a lot of money. If that were the case, surely an evolutionist who believes in the survival of the fittest ought to say, well, good on you. Uh You've made it big by telling lies. Give me some of those lies so that I can tell them and also make a fortune.
0: So, in other words, if we follow evolution to its logical conclusion, then we should be happy, evolutionists should be happy with those who are simply surviving.
1: Yes. So, the answer then might come back, well, no, the truth matters. Okay. Now, of course, we believe that the truth matters, absolutely. But again, I'm not going to say that straight up. Instead, we'll challenge it, we'll unpick it again. Mm -hmm. If If they respond back and say, the truth matters, Well, why does it matter? Hmm. Why does the truth matter? What's the difference between telling a lie and telling the truth? In other contexts, people keep telling me it doesn't matter what we believe because you can have your own truth. You right. can have your truth. I can have my truth. Everyone watching can have their truth. Who's to say one truth is better than another? Hmm. Uh, don't we live in a postmodern world where everybody can have their own truth? Uh, even some people today are saying that if they want to say two plus two equals five, that's their truth. For a long time, I've been using that as an example of objective truth, but now even that's being undermined. That's right. And we're told that that's cultural and, uh, So everybody can have their own truth. Well, if that's the case, why are you saying creationists are liars? Hmm. What is the definition of a lie? What is the definition of a truth? Okay. And they might say, well, it's to do with facts. But then, you know, you start talking about things that allegedly happened in the past. You don't know. Yes. I'm not personal friends with Doctor Who. I haven't taken a trip in his (laughs) TARDIS. I can't go back and verify by eyewitness. What's true? Yeah. Now, I would argue that I've got other, other eyewitnesses whose report I believe. Right there. Exactly. Yeah. There it is. There's a whole book of them. Or mm-hmm. well, that they, they would not accept that. Right. So the question then is, and it's the question, remember, that Pontius Pilate asked of Jesus and then couldn't be bothered to stay and wait for an answer. Uh-huh. What is truth? Yeah. What is truth? And he didn't wait for, even wait for Jesus to give an answer. You know, when the first time I read that in the Gospels, this I don't know what tone of voice you hear when you read, when you read that, right, what, what you picked up. To me, I heard Pilate say, well, what is truth? Right. With a Gallic shrug, because mm-hmm. he wasn't interested in truth. No. It doesn't make any difference. Hi, I'm David Reeves, host of
0: Wonders Without Number. Like what you're seeing? You can find so much more on the Creation Superstore. You'll find over a thousand books, DVDs, and other quality resources on origin science, creation, and Bible history. Whether you're looking for nature documentaries, educational books, homeschool resources, or children's videos, we've got it all. So be sure to head over and check it out. Use this special promo code to receive 10% off your first order.
1: But here's the point, as Christians, truth has a meaning.? Okay. Truth is what is in accord with what Scripture says. Uh-huh. There has to be an objective meaning. Uh-huh. We can't have lots of truths because we know, and even our opponents these days know that two plus two equals five is not an objective <laughs> truth. We know that there is an objective truth though, that two plus two equals four. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want to drive over a bridge that had been designed by someone who thought <laughs> two plus <laughs> two plus is five. five. NASA would not have sent astronauts into space based on that sort of math. Right. Morality, there has to be an objective standard. If we're going to say this is good mm-hmm. and this is bad, we need something against which to measure them. Okay. Even to say relative measurements. This is better than that.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: And we say that about all sorts of moral things, yes. don't we? Yep. As a school teacher, people used to uh, say that in the staff room, the non Christian teachers would be just as keen to say, as the Christian teachers might, Johnny is better than Betty. Uh huh. And they might have meant at math, but they might also have meant at behavior. Yes because they were all interested in behavior, don't answer my question without putting your hand up. Uh-huh. There is a morality of behavior being taught as well as the actual times tables. Um, there, there has to be something that we measure against them. So if someone defines this as a lie, this as a truth, there must be an objective standard in order to make that judgment. Where's but the only objective standard that there is is there okay. in that book. And I've got it on my tablet, so I can't point to it either. But that book, <laughs> it is what God's Word is. Therefore, right. to say creationists are liars is not only wrong, but it's also illogical. Okay, now
0: let's think about that for a second because many people recognize that lying is not to be desired. Yes. But there is one set particular rules, I believe divinely given, the Ten Commandments, that includes uh, not bearing false witness, not deceiving people, right? But if you don't go by the Ten Commandments, then why is lying such a bad thing?
1: Exactly. Um, There's a book by Don Richardson. He was talking about some uh, tribes, and I think it was in Papua New Guinea. I could have this wrong. I'm sort of remembering it off the top of my head, but I know it was in a book by Don Richardson where um, he came across one tribe where lying was exalted the most the best thing you could do was to deceive somebody and to get one over on them because they don't have the ten commandments but you know that happens in our western society it's all there's always this rumor that some businessmen are supposed to have managed to make their money by lying getting one over so there is an advantage there is certainly in the wild, you might say, an evolutionary advantage, according to evolutionists, to certain forms of deception. Deceit, yes, um, one animal looking like another. The hoverfly is uh, is protected by looking like a hornet. Um, you could argue that that's deception in a sense. When an evolutionist says creationists are liars and you shouldn't lie, they are actually stealing our values, okay. they're misusing them, but those values have come from us because the only way that you can define truth or lies is according to biblical standards. Okay. And this is why, in actual fact, my old strategy of trying to say, well, no, we're not lies because I can give you this, this, mm-hmm. this, and this, and this, and this. Mm-hmm. They're not in a position to do that. Instead, they're using our standards. It's like say a man coming to you and saying, well, I don't believe in words. Mm-hmm. You just used words to make your statement. No, they're not really words. You're not <laughs> hearing words. These are just sounds and they seem like <laughs> okay. words to you. It's nonsense. Yeah. We wouldn't actually say, well, that's OK. You have your truth. I have my truth. Uh-huh. But neither would you give him a dictionary and start trying to pummel him and say, look, here are words. This proves there are words. Right. No. He's stealing from our language. We shouldn't respect him. You'd call him an idiot. You'd call him (laughs) a fool for saying there are no words. Do you know the Bible calls people fools? That is true. And you know which class of people it calls fools? Those Those who say say. there is no God. Yes. The fool says in his heart there is no God. Mm. And it's the fool who's coming to us saying creationists are liars.
0: So what what is evolutionist have you used this on
1: people and yes. what are their definition of, of lying when you call them out on this? Uh, many of them don't have one. Okay. And, uh, and, they, uh, you know, and they, they become very illogical. Some people will say, well, it's the opinion of the majority of people and you show them that that's not true, you know, and uh, um, you can show them examples of uh, majorities of people voting for things that weren't true. I believe that there was one town somewhere and uh, this could be apocryphal, so please forgive me if I'm uh, mishandling something here, but I am told there was a town that once voted to make the value of pi, (laughs) 3.2. And uh, clearly that's nonsense, (laughs) just because you declare it to be that. It's like the old joke, isn't it? If we define a dog's tail as a leg, how many legs does a dog have? (laughs) The answer is four, <laughs> because just because you call its tail a leg doesn't make it a leg. It makes you. Uh, um, it makes you a ignorant, fool. basically. Yes, exactly. Yes. And this is the point: we've got to challenge people that they cannot use our definition. Okay. And we shouldn't respect them for it. Yeah. Yes, we should speak to them respectfully but we shouldn't actually be respecting their nonsensical views of what is truth and lies. So in other words, it's
0: it's actually helpful or beneficial to call people out on logical fallacies.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It's it's like Jesus' account of the two men who build the houses, one on the rock and one on the sand. We need to show that uh, the atheist mindset, the mindset that says creationists are lying, is a foundation of sand. And it's very easy to wash away. And it's when we wash that away and uh, we start to uh, show them the foundations of Scripture yeah. on which we build, on which the whole of modern science is built, as yeah. we know. Modern science was developed by people who, uh, who had a biblical worldview. And it's only on those view, uh, value, uh, views that we can actually give people objective standards of morality and goodness and uh, uh, good and evil and truth and deception. You talk
0: a lot about the foundations found in Genesis that impact not only our worldview, they impact our future, they impact the implications in Genesis, impact the gospel message itself. And you wrote about some of these things in uh, About Genesis, an easy-to-read commentary on the whole of Genesis, uh, Volume 1 goes from Genesis 1, chapters 1 through 9, is that correct? That's
1: correct, yes. There will be three volumes altogether. I'm doing the second volume at the moment, which will go from 10 through 30, and then there'll be 31 through 50. Um, So there'll be three volumes altogether, but that's right. This is the foundational book of the Bible. Yes. Uh, The Bible is the foundation for everything. Hmm. And the foundation of the rest of the Bible is the book of Genesis. And you've got to start from that point to understand the entirety of the gospel and the entirety of God's plan.
0: You said the Bible is the foundation for everything and Genesis is the foundation for the Bible. The way I like to put it when I speak is, is, you know, point to Genesis chapter one. This is in the beginning. That's the origin of time itself, Yes, right? That's the start of of time. That's the start of the universe. That's the start of the earth. Yes. The start of all existence as we know it. Yes. But of course, God is outside of time, right?
1: Yes.
0: That is literally the foundation of the entire universe rests upon that first verse of the Bible. Yes. If you were to take away that verse, say somehow it doesn't apply to us, say that it's not yes. historically correct,
1: everything falls. There's no foundation, is there? There's no. F- and it, it really, I really wonder how many christians and there are so many christians around who say they believe in the bible and then they struggle with these things because they don't think these early early things are literal history mm. and it's a problem but isn't it fascinating you know we're taught to do essays when we give all the pros for an argument and all the cons for the arguments and then try and compare them. The Bible doesn't start like that. The Bible Mm -hmm. doesn't start by saying, here's the arguments for the existence of God, here's the arguments against the existence of God. No, the Bible starts by saying, in the beginning, God. (laughs) Because that's where it all starts. I love it, I love it. Thank you, Paul, for being here
0: and sharing this with us. It's a perspective that uh, I feel we can all learn from as we go out and witness and be bold for Christ. Amen. You know, we love it when guests come on and share crucial information with us. Every week we bring new perspectives that we hope will challenge you to grow, something that will strengthen your faith, but also prepare and equip you to be a more effective witness. You know, we live in a day and an age where if you talk to your friends or your coworkers about God or the Bible, some of them are gonna have questions. It's just the truth. It's a good thing though, to get sincere questions. The questions you submit to us help us know what you need to learn more about, so keep the interaction coming. We'll address those on future shows. Remember, Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice so that you could be a part of his family for eternity. He stands at the door and knocks. Have you answered? I'm David Reeves, and I want to remind you to keep looking up because truly the heavens declare the glory of God. Hello, I'm David Reeves, host of the TV show Creation in the 21st Century on TBN and the Heavens Declare video series. Each week we talk about breaking discoveries in science, which reveal that our Creator, the God of the Bible, has left a pattern of His fingerprints throughout the universe. Engage with other like-minded believers through the Creation Club. This website offers thousands of articles written by scores of authors in multiple languages. Sign up to get our free monthly magazine delivered to your door. Want more? Genesis Science Network is our free 24-7 TV network, reaching millions of people around the world on internet, Roku, Fire TV, and mobile devices. Shop over a thousand books and videos on the Creation Superstore, the world's largest origins-related store. Visit our Wonders of Creation Center and sign up for email updates to have encouraging articles sent straight to your inbox. Like us on Facebook for daily inspiration and education regarding science and the Bible.